Okay, says we are recording. We are recording it. All right, so Billy, what's on your mind? All right, well, first of all, we'll do a little introduction to the show. Uh, we are. Uh, uh, my name is Billy. This is uh, Tim, my friend. Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna dispense with last names for most of the time we're on the show here, and uh, we're 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 gonna. What I want to do is introduce Mayberry to you a little bit here. Now, Mayberry is a is a fictional town, uh, uh, and many of you who grew up with uh, Andy Griffith remember Mayberry and Mayberry RFD, and. Uh, our town that, that Tim and I grew up in is in the Midwest, closer to the Mississippi River than it is to the coast. And it's a very small town, very, 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 very small town that we grew up in. And we, as we grew up and we moved out into the, the more, uh, more wider world, we realized that we grew up in Mayberry. <laughs> we, grew, we grew up in, in a place where there was no crime, where there was no real animosity, there was no gangs, there was no... Uh, 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 imminent danger the minute you walked out the door, you know, and uh, we uh, kind of, as we got started getting older and older, we realized uh, how much we longed for it and uh, and maybe even missed it a little bit now. Both Tim and I have, have uh, been out in the real, uh, I say the real world, <laughs> but the, the, the wider world. Uh, Tim, Tim's been down in, in a big city in Florida. I was in a big city in Texas. For many years, and so, and uh, Tim is still in Florida, and I'm I'm back in Mayberry. I have moved back. So Look at you there, Look that, at you. and that's kind of, and that's kind of what the show is about is is our perspective as two boys from Mayberry, and uh, we're gonna, we're going to talk about in infinitely stupid crap, and we're going to talk about important crap, and we're going to talk about everything in, in between. Tim and I have been having these conversations for about two years now, three, and uh, we just decided in our in our own uh, uh, self-glorification that we decided somebody else might want to listen to these things, too. <laughs> now, well, we could be wrong. In, in, our, in our own ego, we thought maybe somebody might want to listen to Exactly. The reality exactly. may be that nobody wants to listen to us, so... Uh, but, but however you want to, to, to approach it, the point here that I think uh, Billy's trying to make is that, uh, you know, we come from a, a, a very small Midwestern upbringing and, and uh, you know, our views of the world are just that, our views. And, and uh, while they may be similar to many other people, they may be just radically different from, from others. Um, so we're not trying to profess that we have the answer to anything other than here's what's going on in our world and, and here's our perspective on it. And uh, uh, I think that we wanted to give you that background on, on where some of that was formed from, uh, from the Midwest. Um, and uh, again, whether this is interesting or, or it's interesting to Billy and I, <laughs> so yeah. that's all that matters because he and I are the ones that are talking. Um, hopefully yeah. there's other people out there that will find it interesting. We don't want to limit it to just Bill and I. If, if there are, if you want to add something to it, we'll at some point down the line give you either an email or a phone number or, or something that you can go ahead and contact us. Sure. Um, you know, we maybe, even, maybe you want to take, We might even take a guess. <laughs> well, that, well, and, and that's, yeah, who knows, right? Um, I, I think, again, anytime you give just your view of the world, it can tend to be very myopic. 
when you open it up to a friend of yours or with a friend of yours, as Bill and I have done, it opens up a little bit more. And and now here comes the ego part. We consider ourselves to be you know pretty much free thinkers with respect to we have our ways about us and we have our our opinions, obviously, but but we're not so dead set in everything that that we can't look at someone else's opinion and 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 then morph ours to a certain degree. I don't know that you'll change it. Um, you know, we are a couple of old dogs, so new tricks might be a little bit difficult. But uh, uh, but but we're very open in 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 our our thinking, or at least I believe that. Again, here comes the ego in me saying that how open I am, and and I'll probably get somebody on here somewhere down the line that I'll just berate, but. But I hope not. I, that's that's certainly not the intention. No, I, th- I think, uh, you know, we have a wide range of opinions. And I think that uh, uh, some of our opinions are out of the mainstream. But, yes, some of, them are, some of them are not. And we want to – what I've had enjoyed over the last two years of our conversations is the fact that we don't get angry and we could present each other with, with divergent views without – Devolving into, hey, you stupid asshole, or you know that kind of thing. And, right. And right, right, right. That's. Uh, I can tell. I can tell Billy he's an idiot. He can tell me I'm an idiot. But afterwards, we're still sitting down and we're having a, a proverbial beer together. Yeah. Um, you know, we 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 have the understanding that not all of each of our perspectives is necessarily exactly right. Again, it's our perspective, so it's how we. We see it, but but we're both very willing to go ahead and listen to the other one and and and, and take what they say and 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 again, I've changed my opinion on things through, through what Bill has told me, and and I think he's you know at least morphed his opinion to some degree on some of the things I've said to him. Um, but in all reality, we do tend to think quite a bit alike. Um, so again, another reason why it's good to try to get out there and 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 see if we can get other perspectives that maybe aren't. Um, ours. So it's it's uh, you know the world is a very diverse place, and with all the stuff that goes on, and 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 all the different happenings throughout the course of a given day, and a given week, given month, given year, uh, you know you, you tend to, or at least I tend to, uh, kind of try to live at that time and and, and respond and react in what I consider to be an intelligent way. Um, but by no means am, am I the smartest guy in the world. Uh, by no means am I perfect. Um, well, whether so, you believe it or not, my belief is the only perfect guy died a couple thousand years ago. And uh, there hasn't been one since. And, and again, I don't want to get into a whole big religious thing. That's, that's, that's not my deal here either. Um, I'm just simply trying to say that, that I have faults. And, yeah. and I realize that. All right, I got a I got a topic here for you. I got a, we're, now that we've introduced ourselves, we'll get into the we'll get into the meat of the show here. All here's right. the here's the perfect perfect kicker starter. I think I was reading this science. You probably over the course of this podcast, you'll probably hear this, me introduce something like this every every sixty times a day. I was reading this science fiction story the other day. <laughs> no, and, not you. No. Nah. <laughs> And uh, the uh, they came up, you know, you, we have ten fingers, you know, and that gave, that that's gave us a base ten numerical system, right? Well, these aliens, these people, the, the, these guys came across, they ended up having like forty three fingers, you know, so they were in a base forty three system. So there's a thing called a cardinality, or at least that's how they refer to it in the story. 
where if I if I put uh, if I took three dice and put them out on the table, you could look at that and you could know it's three without having to count them, right? Okay. Yeah. If I put four dice out there, could you could could you know it was four? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Five dice. Think you you know it was five without counting? I yeah, I could do five. I yeah, I think I could probably get up to. Maybe not double digits, but I'd probably get up to like seven or eight and look at them and just I, – I, I would say anything probably after that, six or seven, I'd probably have to make sure to double count. Um, when, I thought, when I thought about it, I thought seven was about where I'd, where I'd want to draw a line for accuracy, and, I'm not, and I'd probably have to test myself. If we were, if we were talking about gold bullion, I'd probably want to test my, test my abilities before, before, <laughs> I, uh, before I jumped in. But uh, in the story – in the story, these aliens, their cardinality was like 43. They could look at something and know how many things, how they never had to, they did, they literally never counted anything. Wow. They, they, they just had an understanding of how much a thing is. They didn't, they're, these people are, are spacefaring species, and yet they had, they didn't use math because of the way their minds worked. Because of that cardinality, their ability to to grasp something like that in such a large number, their brains had had, had come to be instead of working out something mathematically the way a human being would with with equations, they looked at something and just could see that it was beautiful. It's clearly clearly that works, and they would be right. You know, they they're they're kind of like when you're crossing a street and you see a car coming. Your brain is doing a complicated physics problem, but you don't do the math. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Well, extend that to really detailed, you know, scientific equations and things. And they were just able to just to grasp it, you know, just to be able to just to know, you know. I thought it was an interesting idea. Well, I I tend to you know, a, a lot of the world depends on your perspective. Right. Oh, hold on just one second. I got a dog doing something. Hold on. <laughs> hey. Always got to take care of the animals. You know how it is, man. So I thought that cardinality was a pretty cool concept. Yeah, it looks like we got a cat out in the backyard, and I got two dogs that want to get outside and go chase it, and that just ain't going to happen right now. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think I, you know, your your take of the world is depending on uh, your experiences, at least from my perspective, right? And and uh, whether those experiences are what people have told you, whether they were physical actions, um, whether there was something in a movie that you saw, uh, whatever you know, all the different uh, nuances that that introduce you into something that that you either have not experienced or maybe experienced before. Point I'm trying to get to is that if you had 43 fingers, then your perspective would be a hell of a lot different than I have with just 10. Mm -hmm. um, picking my nose would be different. Um, eating would be different. Um, Christ, putting on a glove. Would be different, um, <laughs> right? Do they have gloves? Huh? Well, and, and there you go, there you go. Is is that even you know? Are 
are all these fingers the same exact size or are they like mine where, you know, the, where, where's my camera out here is where the pinky is smaller than the middle finger. And well, the camera, the camera doesn't matter, Tim. We're going to be, we're going to be an audio podcast. So. Oh, we're going to be an audio podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. So right. they don't, they don't have to look at our, 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 old old man mugs all day long so well i was gonna say that's that's probably a really good thing because you know uh, many years ago when when i was much better looking than i am now well, i don't know that everyone was good looking but i was better than i am now um i was told i had a voice or i had a face for radio yeah so yeah. i guess it's good that that's what we're doing yeah. so that, that it, is an old radio joke but still yeah good. i know i'm an old guy so it's there you go right it's still appropriate yeah that's the other thing you people are probably going to get a lot of dad jokes <laughs> on, on this uh, uh, podcast, because Bill and I both are, are dads, and and uh, uh, and we're old. Uh, you just ask our kids. We're we're, we're old. So uh, anyway, uh, so, so I was watching a I was watching a Tim Pool. You know, my, yep. my one of yep. my one of my podcasters that I like a lot. And it's interesting hearing him and his. He has a one of his shows. He has a uh, you know a. Uh, guest host and, a, and an engineer who also speaks and uh, and but they're all generation x you know they're all 30 somethings right right and and hearing their perspectives some of the things that some he's a you know he's a smart guy he reads a lot sure but he but you can't read everything and you can't it depends what you what your teachers taught you and the, the gaps in their knowledge sometimes just stun me. The things they don't know, and yet, and yet, they're still very insightful and very, very up on current events. But you go into historical knowledge, and they are just, just, just gaping holes in their knowledge. And I thought I find that interesting. You know. Well, yeah, I'm a firm believer that if you don't understand and you don't know history, you will repeat it. And there's some famous saying from some famous guy that I just paraphrased. I realize that. Um, but but the point being there is that if, if you don't know where you came from, in a lot of instances, you don't really have an idea on where you're going. And, and you may think you do, but the ability to get there, if you understand your history, can, at least in many cases, be much easier than if you ignore your history. Yeah. Um, and- and this guy, Tim's pretty good. Usually good at at, at spewing facts and, and knowing where he and knowing when he's knowing he usually knows his gaps in his knowledge. You know, and openly admits them, which right. I find refreshing in 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 a, in a broadcaster. But every once in a while, he lets himself slip and just says something that is just, dude, no. <laughs> I was alive during Nixon. That what you're describing is not the way it was. You know, or something. Right. What right. whatever was i don't remember the specific instance but right other than that i find, i would recommend him to our to our listeners tim pool the pool the tim cast it's on all your great uh, podcasting venues yeah i think that there are a lot of podcasts out there that have some very intelligent people um and, and, and i think uh, and i think it would behoove uh many of us to listen to some of those people and, and even seek out some of those ones that maybe we don't agree with. Well, that's um, just, that's what I think, you know, you know, I've talked through this, that's what's wrong with this country is we've got too many one-sided perspectives, too many people living in an echo chamber, not listening to other people. And, and there's a whole group of people who think that 
somebody expressing an opinion you don't like is violence. No, <laughs> it's not violence. Yeah. It's a conversation. It's called free speech. You know, maybe you heard of it. Right. Right. Well, and I think that's part of the problem that we have is that we've we've our culture has turned into, you know, if you don't believe what I believe, then you're evil and you must die. And and and, and I've actually seen that paraphrased out there many times in, in, oh, yeah. in the proverbial tabloids. I realize there's not many newspapers anymore, even many magazines. Most everybody gets their their news feed online anymore or through their phone. But my point here is simply that it, it, in any situation, um, I think you need to understand the facts behind the situation before you all of a sudden just go ahead and, and, and start voicing opinions. Um, classic example, there was a, a lady in, uh, uh, well, I don't even mention the town. There was a lady in a, in a local metropolitan area who had her eight-year-old daughter in the back seat of the car. And she was just coming off the interstate heading towards, I don't know whether she was going to home or she was going to the store or what she was doing, but when she gets off the interstate, um, and she gets onto this main uh, thoroughfare. Uh, all of a sudden, there's this crowd of people around her that are protesting, and they're protesting the the Black Lives Matter. Which again, I, I think is fine. You should be allowed to protest um, as long as you don't start getting violent. Which is again what happened here. Um, this lady was pulled as she pulled around the corner to make her turn towards either the store or the home. Again, I'm not sure exactly where she was going. Um, people started to physically jump on her vehicle and started to beat on the windows. Now, this woman has her eight-year-old daughter in the back seat. Well, so this woman starts to kind of nudge forward, nudge forward to, to you know get the crowd out of the way. She doesn't just step on the accelerator. She nudges forward, she nudges forward, and then that, that pisses the people off that are in front of the car. Hey, cut that out, cut that out. So again, they literally jump on the hood of her car her eight-year-old is crying in the back seat. So the lady starts to hit the gas, doesn't floor it, but just keeps kind of bumping forward and starts picking up a little bit of momentum so people got to kind of get out of their way. Well, what do they start doing? The crowd fires upon the car, shoots the eight-year-old, and kills her. So... You've probably seen this story already because there was a particular prominent mayor who got up on in front of everybody and said, you know, this crap's got to stop. we got to quit shooting each other. This is not going to, to help us further our efforts, to further our cause. Right. You know, what are we doing? Um, so and in some people's minds, if that mayor would have done that kind of stuff two or three weeks ago, then maybe this little girl wouldn't have been dead. Again, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to be in her position, the mayor's position. Um, it, it's a tough call to make. I, I, I don't think you can do this on a national level. I think you've got to do it on a local level. So you've got to have the, the governors and the mayors and those kinds of people involved. You, because, know, uh, you know, Scott Adams, my, my other, another podcaster I admire, Right. He, he, he says basically, don't put me on for that person because I will vote innocent every time. Right. He goes, he goes, and if I'm in a car, you can be guaranteed if I get surrounded by a mob and start beating on my car that I am going to accelerate. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. And I, 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 in this day and age, when people are getting pulled from their cars, little girls are getting shot. It's not a it's it is a legitimate concern that you would have that you are going to be hurt 
or, or in, injured or killed. I, so I agree. Why aren't you allowed to use your 2,000 pound bullet to defend yourself? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, what choice do you have at that point? This woman's baby is in the back seat. All yeah. of a sudden, mama bear instincts kick in. And mama bear says, You ain't going to mess with my cub. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protect her. And the only defense she had was to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Well, um, I think, I and think, she, and protest, I don't, I don't think, I think you cross the line in protesting when you get in front of a car like that. You're no longer I, I, protest. You're, you're yep. doing something else. Well, you're, you're, and, and help me to understand, because I, I think I've got this right. And, and again, I am a, 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 you know, 58 year old white guy and have been a white guy my whole life. So, so I mean, I, you sure I don't you didn't change. <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. Uh, but, um, you know, what if, if this Black Lives Matter um, protest is what I understand, it's about the systematic racism that's within the police department. It, it, it's about the way the police departments are treating our uh, black citizens. So did you see the exchange between uh, Don Lemon and Terry Crews? Well, I did. And that's kind of what brings me to this. Yeah, but you're 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 taking the Don Lemon position. Well, and and that's and and that's if that's what this is truly about is about the police force, then why are we toppling statues? Yeah. Why are well, we shooting the, 8-year-old the Terry, kids? Terry, the Terry the Terry Crews argument was if it's Black Lives Matter, why don't we care about these uh, you know, all the people who were shot in Chicago this weekend? Why don't we care about that little girl who was killed in a, in a car? You know, he yeah. says those, those Black Lives Matter. And the Don Lemon saying, well, the Black Lives Matter is is specifically about the uh, racial injustice by the police. And Terry Crews is going, well, then why don't you call it racial injustice against police movement? Exactly. You know. Exactly. And and lemon lemon cut him off and was kind of kind of rude to him because you know he didn't he did he didn't he's black and he didn't instantly agree with him you know well it didn't it didn't fit lemon's narrative and, and that's part of what the problem I see out there in the media today is that if it doesn't fit your narrative you, you either cut the guy off or Greg Gal off um, or, or you start leading the, the the conversation in a completely different direction you know and and those types of things just to me I just don't I don't understand. Um, it makes no sense. Oops, hold on. Nope. Let me get rid of that. Let me get rid of that. It doesn't make any sense to me as to why that is 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 happening. Um, you know, if Marcellus Wiley, I don't know if you know of Marcellus or not. Marcellus used to be a what is a former pro football player, um, mm. and. Uh, uh, Marcellus's whole take on this is simply uh, why, or not why, if you go back and look at the, darn it, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get rid of this, guys, I really am, I'm sorry. There, hopefully that did it, we'll see. Um, Anyway, Marcellus's take on this was that um, and, and, and he was reading this back from 1979 or, or whenever uh, he first went into the league. And I don't remember when that was. I believe he was still a college student. Um, and he was in an Ivy League. He was like Columbia, I think, is where Marcellus went. Very well-educated individual 
Um, a big man, uh, definitely a professional athlete. Like I said, played pro football for several years. Um, anyway, Marcellus is reading these statistics in regards to um, if a and, – and again, don't quote me on any of this. I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the numbers in front of me. If uh, uh, there is only a one-parent family, the child is like five times more likely to – get into trouble with the police. He's like 10 times more likely to uh, have a drug problem or get into drugs. Um, if, if they have a, uh, they have a propensity or, or there's only one adult in the house, there's a propensity to, to you know, not follow the quote unquote righteous path, right? They, they, they tend to kind of go off center and get into some areas that, that aren't real pleasant. Um, and, and Marcella said, you know, this is something that the, the, the black community has to address and has to take on for themselves, has to own this. Because he says, I've got friends of mine who, who, who brag about having three different baby mamas. You know, and, and, and he says, and, and, that, and those guys aren't around with their kids all the time. Um, so, you, you know, the family structure, and I don't want to lay this all on. Black, they say that black people are the only ones that do that have single family. I, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just trying to, again, paraphrase Marcellus and, and, and say that, you know, in his particular case, he grew up with two parents. So he said he was very lucky. Um, he, he, you know, again, went to Columbia, went to, a, you know, Ivy League University, graduated, a very intelligent man, um, played professional ball, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it certainly can be done, and and no matter who you are, no matter what color you are, um, but I really think that the family structure is something that we've got to look at very seriously uh, moving forward with regards to making sure our kids have that ability to have uh, as much opportunity of the two-parent scenario as possible. Yeah, how do we get there though? That's the question because it's a, it's a decades long problem uh, that that uh, you know it's been addressed by politicians who are dead now. You know, you know Pat Monahan, I think it was the guy who came out with the recommendations for poverty and how to how, what, what they could do, what are the main causes of poverty and what they could do to solve it. And the two parent family was one of the that was back in the seventies or eighties that he did this you know big push right. and. Uh, Nothing's ever. It still has. We, we're still in much the same way, although <clears throat> poverty in general has gotten better. Poverty for for all races has gotten better. You know, True. it's the world is is arcing towards towards goodness and better and better. The world is more just. The world is safer. The world is is uh, more pleasant. You just got to. But I think a lot of people are just. In, we're in kind of like a the bitch switch has been flipped and nobody knows how to turn it off you know they, everybody's complaining we, yet, yet we live in the most fascinating amazing world I can pick a, I can get on my computer and order anything I want in the, in the world in the entire world and somebody will bring it to me how how I mean geez all you gotta do is go out and get a job now since the pandemic, that's kind of a that's kind of a not non-starter right now. But you know, there's 
<laughs> there were the, up until the pandemic, there were lots of jobs going on. You could you could go get a job. You know, you could you could work, and and you know, I, I when you read the history, you read history of, of people who uh, left their wives in Europe and came here and worked worked for ten years, and then finally brought the family over. You know, do you think that any modern person would make a ten year commitment to their family to do something like that these days? I I I find it hard to believe that yeah they, I, you know I, they, I don't they, know they make a commitment then they move here and they well you come on come on Pavlov you need to come with us and go to the club this weekend oh so the next thing you know he's going to the club every weekend next thing you know he's got a girlfriend but my wife she's back in the old country but yeah I'm here you know <laughs> right, right I just don't right. I just don't see anybody in the modern world being willing to give a ten year commitment to that kind of thing you know or and even a two-year commitment i just don't the people <laughs> the world has changed the world moves faster than it, than it used to that's for sure yeah yeah no I, I agree with you and 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 that may be even part of the problem right is is that no longer people are in it for the long haul you know i i i had uh, a couple associates of mine back when i was back in the day when i was still selling and and uh uh you know making the making the, the runs out to the various businesses, et cetera, that I needed to. And, and I had one guy, a couple of, well, a couple of associates of mine that while they stayed in the sales game, cause we were selling computer equipment at the time, they jumped from company to company, to company, to company. And they did this after every couple of years. And I had one of those guys come to me after he'd made like his third or fourth jump and he was getting ready to jump again. And he said, nobody wants to hire me. And I said, well, you're not showing any stability. Well, yeah, but this guy offers me, you know, 10% more or 5% more. I get extra holiday if I go this way or, or excuse me, I get extra vacation if I go over here. I got a 401k that they're going to match whatever I put in, da, 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 da. You know, all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah, all these reasons on why he should Yeah, always got reasons why he should leave. And, and, I, and I told him, I said, listen, you got to find reasons to stay. So you got to figure out what it is that you want from this job. And I said, and that's part of the problem is you got to quit looking at it as a job. You need to figure out it's a career. And, and I don't care what it is. You, you could make your career flipping burgers at McDonald's. I don't care. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but again, it, and, and maybe it's just my own mind. Maybe it's just the well, only connotation I have. And my a job is different than a career. A career is something you dedicate yourself to. A job is just something you have to make a little bit of money. I think it, some of it comes though comes back to our Mayberry upbringing. You know, uh, I know I was told growing up that, that, that to learn to enjoy the task for the t just for the doing of it. You know, if you're gonna if you got to shovel shit. Shovel it the best way it can be done, and get it done. Get the job, get it to it, and get the job done. You, right. you know, you, you and if you got, you know, whatever job you're doing, it doesn't, it isn't constructive to bitch about it while you're doing it. It is more constructive just to do the job and get and move along, move forward. Right. You know, if I got to be out in the hot sun digging post holes. And putting fence up or something, you know, some th kind of physical job. I'd rather do it with a pleasant person than somebody who's bitching, pissing, and moaning about the hot sun and and the digging the hole and 
ain't doesn't this suck and isn't our boss of some bitch and you know all that kind of stuff. I just didn't say, yeah, it looks like we're getting this done here, and or or talk about something more pleasant, you know, right. talk about you know our women well, or. And and I think you can apply that to any situation, right? Yeah, that, yeah, you're hanging exactly. out with somebody, and all they do is just bitch about everything that goes on, no matter what it is. They're complaining. They're looking at the negative side of it. I just don't hang around that person. Yeah, I, I I think it's like a, a I'm trying to think of the catchphrase or the the, the aphorism or whatever it is, but it's uh, uh, something about the 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 joy of a job well done is it's is its own reward. You know, that, that right, doing right. doing something well is its own reward. You know that that you, I, I want to do it the best I can do it just to please me. Well, it's this it's the story about the carpenter, right? The old carpenter, and and he's working for the boss, and 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 uh, the carpenter's getting ready to retire. He's 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 done. It's his 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 career's over with. He's had enough. And uh, boss says, "Listen, I got one more house for you to, to I need to have you build, just one." And the carpenter's like, "Ah, you know, I really just want to retire and move down to Florida and go fishing or whatever the hell he wants to do, right?" Um, and uh, so the the boss says, "Well, no, you still, you know, you need to go do this and, and finish this up." So so the carpenter does, but instead of doing his normal job where he spends the time and does things exactly the way they should be done. He starts cutting a few corners here and there, here and there, here and there, because he just wants to get done fast. It's nothing that's going to compromise the structure necessarily, but it's just things that typically he wouldn't have done in the past. And then uh, he gets all done building it, and the boss comes up and hands him the keys to the front door and says, here you go. And the carpenter goes, what are you doing? He goes, well, this is your house. So the boss was giving him a house. So the reality was the carpenter was building his own house. And although he had done such a meticulous and professional job in the other 9,900,000 houses or however many he made before, this last one wasn't quite up to standard. Well, that's the one he ends up getting, right? Yeah. Well, it's, at least he knows where all the problems are. Well, I, I guess that, yeah, that in that case, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, so you reminded me of a joke, I got to tell you. Uh-oh. Okay, everybody, about, get ready. Dad joke. Here we go. Have you ever told you about Mel Famey, famous baseball pitcher? Mel Famey? Mel Famey. That's yeah, he's, he's, back, he's back in the day, you know, back in the 40s or something, you know. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, and uh, it's hot day. Mel Famey's a great pitcher, but he, he's been pitching. He started the game. It's getting late in the seventh inning. His team's ahead. And he just is one of them. He's tired of pitching. He just so he figures, fuck it, man. I'll just I'll just walk a guy. The coach will take me out. So he walks the first guy, and the guy goes to first base, and he walks the second guy. And sure enough, the third guy comes up, and he walks him too. Coach comes out, taps his left arm, so you know, calling him the lefty, and. Sends Mel Famey to the bench, and Mel Famey he walks over to the bench. Like I said, this is back in the '40s. They got a cooler of beer there. That's what he's been thinking about out there in the hot sun. So he walks over there, and he pulls open that beer, and he psh, opens it up. And the, the guy that he walked, who's on third base, says to the guy he walked on second base, he says, "Hey, did you hear that noise?" And the guy says, "Yeah, what was it?" He says, "Well, that was the sound of the beer that made Mel Famey walk us." Oh, but um. <laughs> I don't get to use that joke once every 10 years. You know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, um, 
Uh, One thing I was hearing, uh, I, heard, I saw a story on that would be interesting to talk about was uh, uh, Harvard has is going is going to re- uh, do a virtual college now, an online an online course. Harvard, right? you know, and and they're 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 because of the pandemic, they're just no students, so they're dying, you know, for revenue and stuff. So they're they're making the they they have a yet. Harvard was too stodgy to have an online presence, but now they're okay. doing it. Okay. And the person that I was watching the story was contemplating that, you know, how, you know, will our will our learning institutions remain the same? Will people find it necessary? Do I need to go to Harvard or Yale? Can I get the same education online? I mean, I mean, that now with that, I mean, I have the same social experience. I mean, I go end up going to college with the guy who owns Sears and Roebuck. You know, or you know, other movers and shakers in the world that sent their kids to the to this thing. That's what that's part of what you're paying for is to be in the being you know, skull and bones club and you know meet, meet people and 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 right, people, right, right. to to become people who are influential. You know, by by being around being one of them. And uh, so, but the question is, do you think uh, that uh, places like that are going to lose some of their cachet and, and start? You know, is is edu- higher education? It's not online learning is not working out too well with 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 the with the elementary and and high school students because a lot of them don't have parental supervision during the day and they're just not apparently they're not logging in. There's a lot of truance, truancy in in, in right. that. But in a college situation where you or your parents or somebody's paying for it. You'd be a lot more like I know that's the way I was in college. I'm paying for this. I took a lot more seriously. Right. And so you, you know, you might get people to that, that might find it to be better a better situation. What do you think? Well, okay. So number one, if you are going to put all your courses online, and I don't care whether you're the whether you're Harvard, whether you're Yale, or whether you're the what's the University of, of Phoenix, right, or or NHHU, whatever that they New Hampshire the online thing they do, um, I, I think that no matter what institution it is, if you're going online, you're going to have the same experience. Now, yeah. granted, you may have teachers, professors that are better in in one case or than the other. Uh, they're online, but. I don't think you know – you can't say the teacher that's in the classroom is going to be a good online teacher because you don't know that. It's a whole well, different of, dynamic now. Yeah. Right? One, of, one, of, one of the things that this guy talked about was that um, he said there's a lot – and when he says a lot, he means a, 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 a vast pool of retired uh, professors who are still quite – Capable and not removed from the fields that they 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 taught in, he says you can get them for about three hundred bucks a lecture. He says you know if a guy wanted to put together a a, a, a series of classes, you could with not a huge investment as an online college, you could get all these guys to give their lectures on their subjects and put them together and bind it together in a course and charge people to watch it. You know. And, Let me go take care of this dog. Don't stop. Yeah, yeah. Take care of this dog. I don't know what the fuck is your problem over here. I really, really <laughs> don't. Okay. I don't know. But this bullshit is about to stop. Come on. 
uh, sometimes you gotta speak to them animals in the in the vo in the way they understand, you know. <laughs> So any other way, the virtual college thing, I think it's a, I think it's a, I took University of Phoenix courses back in the day, and uh, I, I really enjoyed them, and I'm sure they've gotten a lot, everything, online learning has probably gotten a lot better than it was then, and I know I, uh, I often uh, refer to uh, YouTube University, because you can learn so much on YouTube now, and for free, you just look up, you know, what was the thing I did, I never thought I could uh, replace a computer part. I'm pretty good. We were working on software on the outside, but getting inside and in, unscrewing things, I would never consider doing that. And yet, I, I watched I watched a uh, video, a YouTube video on how to replace a uh, put it put in a new card, you know, a sound card or whatever it was, and uh, it wasn't that hard. I just needed to be shown exactly what to do, so I wasn't scared. And uh, got that got that baby done. You know, it's just there's a cat out in the backyard, and so, of course, as soon as the dogs go out there, the cat jumps over the fence, so now it sits in the corner of the fence. So now the dogs just have to bark at it. It's, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, the cat's just messing with them dogs. It is, it is. And, and you know, what the heck, right? So I let them go out there and bark and, and meow at each other all they want. I don't give a crap. Go. That's a, that's a good thing about having a backyard. It's fenced in. There you go. And they, you know what they say? Good fences make good neighbors. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that was that was what what, uh, what what my wife said when we moved when I took her here. I brought her here from from the big city to the small town. It was one of the first things she says. Where's all the fence? There's no fences. There's, there's no there's no fences between the yards. And I said, well, there are a few, but no, it just. She just couldn't. She'd never been around people that didn't have in the big cities. If you've never been to a big city or lived in one, right. most houses have fences because it, yep. you don't know who you're gonna be, you don't know who you're going to be living next to and or who you're going to be living to next. You may get along with the person now, right. but the right. next right. the next person might be different. So yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, Tim and I have talked a lot about the the differences of the big city life and the, and the, and the small town life, you know. And it's well, uh, I can remember bringing back well, one of my buddies back when I first moved down to to, to Florida, um, and this is oh good lord, 40, 35, 40 years ago somewhere. Now I played somewhere in there. Anyway, um, we we uh, of course at that age when you're twenty something, you know, we didn't fly. We're driving, so we're driving, and and it's a twelve. 20-hour trip or 19-hour trip. We were over in Tampa at the time, I believe. It was, so it was like 19 hours or something. Anyway, um, so, you know, you, you don't stop. I mean, there was four of us, so you just drive straight through, and you're that age, and, and you're young sure. and dumb, full of fun, sure. you can do anything, right? And so, and we did. And uh, uh, so, anyway, we get to Iowa, and uh, uh, it was daylight out. I remember that much. And, and uh, one of the guys, his name was Bob. He's sitting in the back seat. And he wasn't from Iowa. He was from Big City. And uh, he says to us, why do you have all those dog shades out in the fields for? Or no, dog. Why do you have all the dog houses? Why do you have all those dog houses out in the fields? And, of course, we, the three of us, who were from Iowa that were with him, all started laughing at him, thinking it was funny because they were pig shades. So to, to us, it was just it was pig shades. Who the hell? You know, what, they're not dog houses, you, you dumb shit, right? Um but I've always remembered that because 
you know, you don't know what you don't know. So if you had never seen a pig shade before and all of a sudden you just saw one sitting and not one, you see a bunch of them back in that day. They, they didn't have as many confinements back in that day as they do today. Right. Uh, but you would see these pig shades out there and, and you wouldn't think a thing about it. Um, as opposed to this guy, he had no clue. So I've always tried to remember that, that, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I had a buddy of mine one time that I was out with my car, I'm washing my car and uh, we were actually sharing an apartment at the time, again, over in Tampa, and uh, washed my car and, and brought out a chamois and, and chamoised it down, you know, so it's nice and clean and no drip lines and, oh, it just looks beautiful. And, and uh, he comes up to me and, and, and grabs the chamois out of my hand and goes, man, that's the coolest towel I've ever seen. Where the hell did you get that? And, and I'm wanting to laugh at him, saying, you stupid shit, it's a chamois. Basically, it's an animal skin is what they've done, taking all the fur off of it. Now you got it sits the leather part of it. And that just that soaks up the water. But he didn't know. So rather than play the, hey, you dumb son of a bitch, I was like, well, yeah, here's what it is. It's a chamois and here's what it does. Here's how it works. I think that today, in a lot of cases, people just don't know what they don't know. In other words, yeah, and, and Tim and Tim. The thing is, people, I think, are less and less willing to give advice to strangers and pass on knowledge the way they used to because of the hostile environment of the way life is right now. You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to tell this guy that because he's going to say, shut up, old man, or, you know, whatever like that. Whereas when you, when you and I grew up, there were no no end to the number of older people who told us how to how to behave and how to live and what we should and shouldn't be doing, you right. know, you know when, when when Max when Max told you to knock it off, right, right. <laughs> One of our teachers that we grew up, when this guy, you know, I never saw him assault anybody. Well, no, I take that back. I did see him, but but <laughs> yeah, he, you you never had any doubt that that Max would if you trifled with him he would physically intercede you know and it was that that was the, that was the times that we grew up in the teachers could do that you know right and good I, I went out I went out and watched a, a a little baseball team the other day and 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 over next door and uh, young kids I had to ask my dad that when I got home I said dad did were we that bad were we that bad because these kids were terrible right he goes yeah a lot of you, most of you were. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you know, as you, the older teams got, you know, some of the, some of the lesser players weeded out and you got closer to high school age, you know, you got better, a little bit better teams, but, but still, you know, and then, and then, and then the couple of nights later, I, I, I was almost motivated to go tell the coach how, how impressed I was because this guy's kids were heads were in the game they knew the situation. There was nobody sitting down out in center field. There was nobody picking their nose or looking at the dirt by the base. You know, they were in the game. They knew they were in it. And I thought, God, that's that's good coaching. Yep. Whatever happened there didn't happen with the other guy. <laughs> you know, who knows what what, what that. What, right. uh, but Tim and I often talk about some of the coaches we we had when we were when we were kids and. Uh, and uh, like I said, it was the 70s, and it was uh, a different time, and we were out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and, and everybody, you know, that uh, it takes a 
village to raise a kid it was yep. much more present when where we grew up at because everybody knew everybody and everybody's parents knew everybody every other's parents and y'all right. knew where everybody lived and you know so it was a, 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 there was more accountability in some ways I, I think than than you know that's one thing I mean you live in the city and I've lived in the city that's one it's it's one of the nice things and one of the bad things but the the uh, anonymity you know right. There there are some people that you do see occasionally over and over again if you live in the city because you usually go to the same bodega or you used to go to the same place. You might see have two or three people that you see regularly. But the vast majority of people you see are brand new all the time, every day. And I think that that lack of accountability, that lack of lack of knowing that you're going to have to put up with somebody next, you know, next week makes you willing to say something to somebody that you wouldn't say to somebody that you're going to have to see next week. Yeah. Well, that, that's you're right. The accountability part of it, you know, you, you don't have the face to face interactions like you used to. You just don't. And so that social side of it tends to go away. So now all of a sudden you can get online and, and now all of a sudden your opinion matters and you don't have to account for that opinion anymore, or at least in, in many cases. Matter of fact, you can go ahead and, and give both sides of the argument if you want to, just under two different email names, right? Sure. Um, so. Well, it's, you know, you know, you know what a lot of these people don't understand when they're when they're arguing on 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 when they're arguing online, they are not arguing with a real person. They're arguing with the with a robot. With, with well, a, that's with the other a, thing too, right? If, if you take away that face to face, if you take away that interaction where I can actually touch you and I can actually see you, you don't know what you're dealing with. Because you're right. I could be dealing with somebody in, in North Korea. I could be dealing with somebody in Russia. I could be dealing with somebody right down the street from me here in, in, in Florida. You don't yeah. know. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people don't take that. I know a lot of people don't take that into account. I have a, a lot of liberal friends who, who uh, you know, hate President Trump, and, and they post uh, memes all the time, political memes and things. And my, my, rule, my rule of thumb is, in, in, with, with memes, is if I think of a f- something pithy to say and I write it down on myself and put a picture on it, I th- I consider it to be legitimate. If I see something that I like and it resonates with me, I I only rarely pass it on. Certainly not something that is uh, a strong political statement because right. all I'm doing is passing on somebody else's ideas. You know what I mean? I that that even even if I agree with that opinion, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know what their motivation is. I don't know who paid for them to do that. Right. You know. So I'd re- I think memes are much more legitimate when you if you if you wrote it yourself and you really feel that way, and and you you know, death to America or whatever, and you actually feel that way and you wrote it yourself, then put it out there. But if you're just you saw something and you gotta go or you get it. Well, let me let the dogs in. So hold on. Right. Yeah, so here I am just trying to solve the world's problems. Jeez. Get no help whatsoever. <laughs> one one of these days I'll get it right. <laughs> I want to thank you for tuning in. And please do tell your friends about us. Uh, send them send them a link with the sh- to the show and uh, and uh, hit the notification bell and all that kind of stuff so that you can know when the show is coming on next we're gonna 
be available on a number of, of podcasting platforms, uh, mo most of them, I think. And if you look for, if you search for us, so, uh, please, uh, help us out and, uh, and we hope you'll enjoy the show today. And, uh, and the next time we do, we will probably do about one a week. And that's, that's about the rated, rated, uh, times that, uh, Tim and I talk together and, uh, it's a beautiful muggy day up here. I don't even want to talk about humidity yeah. to a person who lives in Florida. So, ah, speaking of, of a person who lives bad. in Florida. Just as I went to get him, Diane came home. She had been uh, out this morning. She had gone to, uh, uh, they had a breakfast for the teachers at school. Uh, so Diane is my wife, everybody, and uh, she's a teacher. And uh, uh, so they're trying to figure out what's going on here with regards to August, um, as you may have read or seen somewhere, uh, uh, Florida, the education secretary has mandated that the kids need to start this fall. Um, so now they're trying to decide whether it's going to be August or September when they're going to start. Are they going to do five full days of everybody there all five days? Or are you going to do like two days there, some people, two days, other people? One day, kind of a floater day. I, they haven't figured it out yet. That's what I'm trying to say. Is that uh, all right, Tim? We got, we only got a few minutes here left before uh, we, we right, we're, we're going to go about an hour. So I'm going to okay. do, do a little uh, uh, fast, uh, fast and furious here. Not fast and furious, but uh, some c quick answers here. Okay, uh, all right, go ahead. What do you think about the uh, the uh, Exodus of the cities. I heard something near something approaching five hundred thousand people have left New York City. Well, I, I, you know, obviously, I, I've heard the same things. So, can I confirm that or not? I don't know. Um, I do think that if you have the ability to work from your home, as many people have been, and and you have found some comfort in that, um, with regards to uh, safety feeling or or a protection of some sort, um, why would you ever go back to the office? And then on the other side of that, if I'm a business owner and I've found out that of, of the 100 people that I employ and, and, and extrapolate from there up or down, whatever it is, and I find out that, you know, 75 percent of them can work from their home and be effective. Why would I have them come to the office? Why? Why would I? Why? I would have to. I wouldn't even have to. I could own a smaller building. You I don't have to house the employees for eight hours a day. I don't have to pay for that electricity. I don't have to pay for that that uh, uh, that the actual uh, uh, building itself. I don't have to worry about any kind of property taxes, uh, any kind of liabilities. Somebody, yeah, the insurance, the liabilities that go with that. All that stuff goes away, or or at least gets minimized greatly. I, I think I think it's I think the ball is rolling downhill, or the snowball is rolling downhill, and it's going to gain steam. Really, I really do. And but the, as far working at home. Uh, I think fleeing the cities is not is a separate thing. It's it's people are fleeing the cities more because of the unrest. I think than 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 because of the ability to well, it, the, it's a combination of the ability to work from anywhere. But but you know it's it, it is uh, the problem is being is the people who are leaving the cities are the people who have money. They have the upward mobility to leave a city to pack right. up their shit go somewhere else. Right. Well, the people who are going to be left are going to be poorer 
in worse straits, and they're not going to be paying taxes like those 500,000 people who are paying taxes. And the tax base is going to go down. And then they, they won't have to take away a billion dollars from the police because they won't have a billion dollars to give. Well, that, and they won't need a billion dollars anymore because, again, like you said. I got a big question. Nobody, I can't believe no reporter has asked. They, they, they took a billion dollars from, from, from the new New York City Police Department. A billion. That's a lot of goddamn money. Yeah. What you? I have a hard time believing with that big a pile of money that somebody's beak isn't getting dipped in it. Okay. So where where did that billion go? Where is that reallocated to? Who has control of that billion dollars? That that seems like that would be a pretty important person who has the 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 the, the, the purse strings of that billion dollars. Is does it just go back into the coffers of the of the of the city? Uh, 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 does it pay off loans that the city has taken? What I mean, what do they do with, or do they just hold it in reserve for when they do need? They they come to their senses and they realize they do need police. <laughs> that would yeah. be the smart well, thing to do. And, and just go ahead, and, and I don't care what your number is. In, in the case of New York, it's a billion. All right, I have no idea what their budget is, but I can't imagine it being more than two or three billion at the most. Can it be? For for the, the the city. So if you're taking a third or possibly a half of their monies, what happens to the services? What happens to the cops that were making that money because it was overtime? Now I'm sure there's some fat in there. I'm sure there's some stuff that can be can be trimmed. I no, no, no doubt. But a billion dollars worth? You can't convince me that there won't be people that suffer, physically suffer, because those cops aren't able to get there in their whatever, two minute, four minute, six minute, whatever the time frame is that they're supposed to be able to get to someone on an emergency call. Okay. They can no longer get there. You have an excellent point. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You're, you're, you are way off on the number, though. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Two, would you say two or three billion? Yeah. 86 billion for for New York New York City's but annual budget is 86 billion 86 billion wow okay um, well, so, then, so, so now you're only taking maybe not even two percent it's a percent and a half not even a percent and a half a percent and a quarter of, of, of the budget so okay in my mind that that seems like like a pittance I mean I know it's a billion dollars. But you're only giving up less than, or just a little bit over one percent of your budget. Mm -hmm. So, so that well, would I would question again. Is, is is that if you really think that the police don't need that money, then you're trimming the fat. How, where else can you trim a billion dollars from? What well, other what other services could could use a little trim? And and the question that, that would I would have is is why haven't you trimmed that billion dollars before then? Yeah. Yeah. If you can just come out of nowhere, out of left field, proverbially, and say, "Here, take a billion dollars. That's fine." Then, 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 why didn't you do that before? Yeah, it's wow. I I didn't realize it was that that much. That 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 is so that is a lot of of money for. Do you, do okay. You, do you think the the trend for people leaving the city and moving to a small town is going to continue? I do. Yes. 
I do. Well, I, why? I a dura- diaspora. I think it's going to be a lot of people, a lot, a lot of places. Why would you live in that kind of environment if you didn't have to? And I believe that the reason most people live in that kind of environment is because they have to for their job. Or at least they, they think that. They think they have to, yeah. Right. Oh, I wrote something the other day that tied in earlier with what something you said earlier, and also ties in what we just you just said. Uh, let me see if, I, see if I can get right in my own writing. Um, uh, if you only do what you think you're good at, that may be the only good thing you ever do. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, you don't know. You, you know, if you never try anything new, you never know. You might not know that you're good. You may you may be the best baseball pitcher that ever lived, but if you never went out and threw a ball, you don't know. Well, you know it gets it gets back to the old thing that I used to tell my kids. You know, when I'd ask them to try something new, like a new food, and 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 I'd ask them, I said, well, you know, what is your favorite food? And, and, of course, you know, I'd get pizza or chicken nuggets or fried chicken or hamburgers or oh, whatever their favorite food was, right? Yeah. And say, how do you know that's your favorite? Well, I've, I've, I've tasted it. I've eaten it. I've, I've tried it. Well, so then how do you know that this, whatever this thing is I've got in front of you is not your favorite if you've never tried it? I'm not saying you got to sit here and eat this for the rest of your life. I'm just saying take a couple bites. Right. So along the lines of what you were saying, if people are unwilling to try things that are new, which tends to be uncomfortable, um, you know, neither you or I would have ever played sports if, if we hadn't tried. Right. If we had that and maybe that just is is a follow on to, you know, going out into the proverbial playground and, and playing a tag and playing dodgeball and playing kill the man with the ball and 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 you know those kind of things that we used to do anyway maybe that's just a follow on the sports were just a follow on to that but my point is simply if we'd never tried dodgeball if we never tried to play uh tag if we'd never tried to play tetherball um i i remember when i was a kid growing up in grade school there was you know tetherball if you won you got to stand there and keep playing the next guy that came up Right, you, 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 you were done. Tetherball for for our worldwide audiences. I don't know if tetherball is a universal thing, but basically it's a it's a tall pole, ten foot tall pole, probably seven eight tall. Doesn't matter how tall, yeah. and yeah. it has a, a a rope with a ball attached to it, something akin to a soccer ball, yeah. and then the point is. You stand and and you're trying to wind the ball around the pole one way, and your opponent is trying to wind the ball around the other way, and the rules after that are can be variable. You know, I, I, I seem to remember you could. There was one version where you could throw one punch a game or so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it got kind of brutal. Some some of those games were cool. And, and and that's and that's true. I remember that, but I also remember there was a particular person that was always there, and that was always winning. And, and you know who she is. Her name was Sheila. And Sheila was uh, one of the girls that was that had, had matured faster than and, and, and girls mature faster than boys anyway. But she had strength and she had coordination and she had all of that going on. And uh, I remember if, if you could beat Sheila Tetherball, you were good. <laughs> Well, so there you, go. there you go. It wasn't like it was just all boys doing it, right? Um, 
Yeah, no, that, 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 that sport is definitely not necessarily uh, only strength. You know, there, there's a, there is other elements to the game. Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, but so I, I think that, that, that as far as, 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 you know, your question, you know, are people going to continue to leave the cities? Um, do you see that happening? Yes, I do. I see a bunch of Mayberries, quote unquote, um, popping up all around the country. And, yeah. and maybe you just go ahead and add population to current Mayberries. Maybe you start brand new Mayberries. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I mean, I am the product of it. I, 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 I fled the city a couple of years ago, you know, for, for a variety of reasons. But one of which was I was getting a little nervous. So, you know, I, I lived in, it was Houston that I was living in. And we'd gone through the the I've uh, gone through a couple of hurricanes and and right. Harvey most recently and the aftermath where all these people were suffering and there's homeless, you know, homeless tent cities in places where I used to go to go routinely, you know, and uh, it was just getting it was just getting ugly. And I don't think it's gotten any better since I left, you know, and uh, it, I love the town. I love the people. But the city the aspect and the homelessness and the crime aspect was what chased me out, you know, in a lot sure. of ways. I mean, I, I miss it for, for, for my business because I, there was more opportunity there, but in Mayberry, I don't have to carry a gun and take out the garbage. I, and you know, I, 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 I don't know this, but I would assume you sleep better at night. Uh, I would assume your, your perspective is much calmer. Yeah. I mean, in Mayberry, I can go out and walk any time of night. 24 hours a day and not be accosted or probably even see anybody after eight or nine o'clock. <laughs> and I, I assume there are a few night owls like me who are also out, but there's so few that you don't see anybody, you know? Right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, occasional cars and stuff, but you know, it, it's just a great little, it's a great little town to, to, to get old in, you know? Well, and and they, even if you do see anybody, you're not all of a sudden stepping behind a tree or, or dodging behind a car or, you know, trying to hide the street, you know, nothing like the street, that. whatever. Right, 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 right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it, yeah, you're, 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 uh, when you live in the city, for those who don't, you, you, you if you want to survive and do okay, you have to have a, a, a sense of situational awareness and, and know where you are at all and where other people are at all times. Yep. And if you don't, you're going to get bad things are going to happen to you. You just got to be careful. Yeah. And, well, and I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of situational awareness, right? I mean, yeah. understanding what's going on and, and I mean, read the room kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but when, when, when you're dealing with a town of, you know, Mayberry of 7,000 people, as opposed to a town of Houston where there's, and I make this up because I don't know, 7 million, probably more, probably Somewhere 15, there. Probably maybe 10 million, and I, I don't know, but I, it's a big city. You just have so many more components of potential uh, threat than you do just because your, your, your pool is so much bigger to draw from. Um, and, and, yeah, you remember when we were growing up in Mayberry? You knew who the crazy people were, right? And, and and you knew how far to push them in certain instances. You know, you knew when to be around them, when not to be around them. Um, and there weren't a lot of crazy 
people, but there were a few. Um, and, 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 and even more accurately, there were people that maybe didn't have the same point of view you had, but you did look at them disparagingly. I mean, I don't, and don't get me wrong. There were all the cliques, you know. You had the the the, the jocks and the the dirtheads and the fudgies and and the stoners and the and and the band geeks and you know you had all those people. <laughs> I hadn't heard the term dirthead in forty years. years right, <laughs> right. And, and that may be just pertinent to, to Mayberry, for all I know. Fudge yeah, was another yeah. one. For, that may for, be just translate to the wider world. Uh, Dirthead would be uh, like the greaser or the uh, the the kid from the from the from the other side of the tracks or the you know the 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 kid who would be smoking smoking at eleven years old with a leather jacket. That kind of kid. Right, 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 right. And so, uh, Dirthead. But but you know as well as I do. And especially as we got older, uh, later junior high days and certainly high school days, you still would go hang out with those guys. Yeah. Or girls. Yeah. It, there was there wasn't was, a fighting animosity. They they you know they everybody had their little core groups, but they were also part of a larger group. You know. Exactly. Exactly. And and if you saw something that was going on and it, that was not within your core group that you knew was wrong, you did not hesitate to go over there and stop it whatever it was, um, and, and nobody thought any less of you or any more of you. That's just the way it was. You know, we kind of self-policed ourselves. You never had anybody, I never remember seeing a gun pulled out in a fight, uh, and there were guns in people's pickup trucks when they drive to school. And there was a rack in the back of the pickup and the cab that had a, a shotgun on it. And, and, and it may have been loaded. If it wasn't, there was a box of shells under the seat. Um, but you, you never had anybody bring a gun to a fight. I don't even remember seeing a knife at a fight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was fist. It was strictly fist. And once somebody started getting the crap beat out of them, the, the, the fight would get stopped. Nowadays, you have people that are fucking dying in the middle of the goddamn street, and you've got 10 different people taking video of it, not doing a thing about it. There you go. Just... Wanting to get it out there so they can post it so they can get more likes or whatever the reason. Now, it's just so, now, it's just I so guess fucking it, beyond it, me. It's driving it me crazy. Is, it is conceivable that it could have gotten you killed, killed. But with the George Floyd thing, I was sitting there watching I, and I found it hard to believe that somebody didn't, a citizen didn't assault that officer and knock him off that guy. Right. Think of think of what a hero those that whoever that did had done that would be if right. they, had, you know, changed that situation. I don't know, but of course they would have been they would go to jail for ten years for assaulting a police officer or something. But some so that police officer needed to be <laughs> he needed to be intervened. Let's put it that. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we were raised to listen to people of authority. You know, there were teachers, the cops, the firemen, the, the elected officials. Hell, even if they were just older than you, you know, you, you respect your elders kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and I do believe that that, that can only go so far. I, I think that nobody should have, have ultimate power um, because it's just it, it, there's I don't know of anybody that can handle ultimate power as far as a human being goes. Um, 
So, you know, you know what, though, Tim? Now, now that I got some gray hairs on my head, I'm getting a little more respect and, and niceties from young young men, even. Young men will open the door for me. <laughs> I, I, do, you know, I do find that in places. Say, excuse me, sir. You know, I'm getting yeah. that now. I never used to get that. Yeah, no, no. And, and there is some respect that goes out there. Um, I just, I, I, I guess, you know, and that's the funny part about, and funny not being ha-ha, but funny being odd, is that I see people out there on a day-to-day basis that are doing good, nice things directly for me. People opening doors for me, like you say, saying, yes, sir, no, sir, may I help you? Um, and okay, maybe it's because I'm older and I think I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the reason is. The reason is, is they're doing it. And so when I see this stuff on TV uh, of these protests and these, these pulling down statues and this, this graffiti going everywhere and, and, and people getting shot, this whole chap thing that went on in Seattle, which I think is just a fucking bullshit. It just, I can't even believe that even happened. Um, when I see all that kind of stuff, it's hard for me to relate to that because I don't, that's not my day. That's, that's not what happens to me. Now, again, am I a privileged white guy? And that's why it doesn't happen to me. I, I, I hope not. I hope that's not the reason. I hope it's because I'm just a fair minded individual who treats people the way that I would like to be treated. I hope that's the reason. Um, it's the video I saw this morning on my news feed where the cop pulls over the uh, uh, black lady and her son. Her son's probably, I don't know, teenager, 13, 14, 15 years old. Pulls him over. And she rolls the window down and she's like, what's the problem, officer? What's the problem? And she's, he says, well, listen, you're not in compliance and she's like, you know, what? Is my car? Is there, is there a light out? Is something? You know, what's? What do you mean? Uh, you're not in compliance because today the temperature is 87 degrees or whatever it was. And to be in compliance in the city of, and I don't know where it was at, Houston. To be in compliance in the city of Houston, you have to have an ice cream cone. The cop goes over to his. He's got a cooler with him, and he's got some of those little. Uh, 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 Sundays that are in the the sugar cone, you know, with the peanut in the middle and the chocolate covering. I, I don't know what they call them, but but uh, you know, it's an ice cream cone, but it's I think it's a Sunday kind of thing. And he and they're in a plastic bag, so they've been frozen, right? And he just hands one to the mom and hands one to the son. And the mom literally started to cry because she was so happy that someone had done something like this that was nice and it was kind. She didn't bitch that she got pulled over. She didn't bitch because this guy was taking up her time. She understood what the guy was trying to do and trying to do a nice thing. And and so it was all very happy. It was all very good. So all of a sudden I'm looking at this thing and, and I go ahead and I even comment on it. I said, this is wonderful. And, and, and I go ahead and post the comment. And I look down below the other comments and um, it's stuff like, uh, people are like, well, this is a wonderful thing. Isn't this better than, than being out protesting? And isn't, doesn't this at least put some bond between the cops and, and the common everyday person and all this? And all I see underneath is 
and not all, but other comments are, well, you don't understand what we're protesting about. This is just a bunch of bullshit. All this is is a Band-Aid on, 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 a, on a, uh, a huge gash. This ain't going to do any good. This is, this is you know, I, you got to get away from this fairy tale stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? That's such bullshit because what this cop did or these cops were trying to do was a good thing, trying yeah. to repair relationships. I, 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 I think the argument is more you should get away from the negative shit that you're into and go into that positive shit. Exactly. Well, what have, we, what have you and I talked about a lot, and, and it's not a unique idea to us, but we've talked about it is, uh, you know, do the do some good in your local sphere, you know, as opposed to trying to change the entire world. Take it's hard care for of one person to change the entire world, but, but you can change your little, the people you're around, the people that you interact with, you can make it a more pleasant thing, you know. I've got you know, elderly neighbors... Tim, you you are you are you know you are uh, much more of a people person than I am. I can be I can be kind of uh, isolative and 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 in my in my cave kind of guy. But you're you are a salesman. You're 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 an out there kind of guy. You like people. You like people genuinely. I do. I do. And, and I like people genuinely as individuals. I just don't like them as as a collective. <laughs> yeah. No, and and I understand that too. It's it's. And, uh, and the mobs on TV are proving my point. Right, exactly. <laughs> Indi- individuals I like a lot. There's lots of individuals I like and love, but it's 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 the it's just the mass. It's the groups of people that that uh, not groups of people because I I'm a performer. I, I like being in front of people, but sure, it's it's the um, until you meet an individual and have a relationship with them, it's not it's not the same. It's not the um, and I'm not talking about as a performer. I'm talking about just in life, you know. Yeah. You 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 got to get to know people, and then that kind of feeds back into that small town thing we were talking about before, where everybody knows everybody. Yeah. You know, you get a lot. You get a longer uh, 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 time to deal with people and their and their idiosyncrasies. You know. That's Still, right. anyway, we we got an hour seventeen in here. That's probably a okay. good show. Uh, I think we did pretty good on our first day, except for the dog barking and the phone ringing. We'll, we'll, well, we'll those get, are things we'll that, that, that I'm glad we're figuring out now because those are things that I will eliminate the next time around. So, right, yeah, yeah, we'll get better. And I had my uh, I had my notes, and we didn't even get all the way through them. So we've got plenty with plenty to talk about next time. So uh, I want to wish everybody who happens to listen to this uh, 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 thank you and. Uh, and we'll do a, probably one a week is our plan. And if you have any suggestions, put them in the comments, and uh, we will try to address those things. And hopefully at least one person listens. I, I, we'll send it to, to Ann, our, our cheerleader for our class. And oh, there, maybe there you go. There you go. She, she'll well, get it out. I, can send it to my, I can send it to my girls down here, too. I've, I've got uh, three uh, 20-somethings, and they can get it out on uh, various different platforms, or at least in, not platforms but in front of other people as well because yeah. um, I'd appreciate their feedback. I, I got a feeling that the feedback from the younger generation is going to be much different than the feedback from the older generation, but it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, probably be like, you two old guys need to shut up. Yeah, very possible. Very possible. <laughs> All right, well, that's the view from Mayberry, and we'll talk to you next week. Good talking to you. Take care. <laughs>